What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Release the Eight podcast. This is Bo Crescetto. I'm here with Linton Daniel again, of course. And today we're going to get into the role of the prophetic calling. And so we we enter into this one with great trepidation. Um, as you've seen <laughs> from our previous podcast, Linton and I are much more wired apostolically and evangelistically. And so the role of the prophetic um, is not our strong suit, e- even though we understand it. Uh, we've read up about it a lot. We have lots of friends that are prophetic. And by the way, we're going to have some prophetic guests on soon. Um, this is not our expertise. This is not our wiring. So we're going to take more of the tone today um, about, okay, what does it look like to identify prophetic leaders? Um, what's helpful about them? Um, what's been maybe difficult about having prophetic leaders emerge in your ministry or your church? And then also just how, how do we welcome them well and work with prophetic leaders? Well, we hope for those of you that aren't watching this, that maybe aren't wired prophetically also, that you will get insight and inspiration from this uh, conversation to do a better job making space for the very important role that a prophetic leader can bring. Mm-hmm. And if you are watching this in your prophetic, uh, we're going to bring some inspiration and vision to you as well, but also some uh, correction, just like we do with every gift and every calling. And so with that, before I kick it over to Linson, um, I just want to demystify this a little bit. The prophetic uh, role comes with lots of, you know, thoughts and feelings, buzzwords, assumptions. You wouldn't believe the emails or comments I get every time we talk or post about the prophetic (laughs) people assuming this is what we mean or what we don't mean. So let me start with what we don't mean by the prophetic. And then I'm going to kick it to Linson to give us a quick definition on what we do mean by the prophetic that will be the gateway into the rest of our conversation. So what we don't mean by the prophetic is the the miraculous, the charismatic, um, all of that kind of mystical stuff that comes with that word. Now, we believe in gifts of, uh, of the spirit and the miraculous, absolutely. But we wouldn't align that strictly with the prophetic role. So what we're going to talk about today is not just mystical, miracle, uh, prophetic type things. That's not what we mean. We also don't mean future telling. We're not talking about the role of the church to tell the future and to speak into people's souls and say, Hey, this is who you're going to marry, or this is what you're going to become. (laughs) Or I see you walking the continent of Asia in four years. We don't mean that. Uh, Can there be visions from God? Absolutely. But we don't locate those strictly in the prophetic role. Um, We also don't just mean it's got to be like a preacher or a a upfront communicator, or maybe you think of a John the Baptist who's out there crying Mm. in the wilderness. No, the role of the prophet is taken on a lot of different forms today, which we are going to talk about, but it just doesn't mean you're out there beating your chest in the middle of the the woods, hoping people will come follow you and eat bugs. (laughs) Um, and, and we also don't just mean, uh, the prophetic leader is some angry person out there all the time. Like every angry person there must be a prophet because they're just angry. No, that's not what we mean either. We're, we're not demonizing this role. Um, and so that's a lot of what, what it's not. Uh, we just want to say up front, um, Linson, give us a quick kind of definition and vision around the prophetic that we mean that we see in scripture that can continue to guide the rest of our conversation. Yeah, that's good. Um, maybe just for the listener to know a little bit about my background. Um, you know, so I, I go to a, a Pentecostal church. So, so when Bo and I 
make all those what it's not, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not discounting any of those things. Cause like, I mean, I, 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 I see a lot of those things happen around me. I can't explain all, you know, some of the miraculous and, and some of the prophetic things that happen. Um, so we're not discounting that. We just don't want people to think that that's the only way it is. And so I, I think in its most simplest form, but uh, I mean, uh, the word prophet, you know, is all throughout scripture. But if you look at one of the one of the first few moments, the word prophet is used. It's actually used in Moses's calling. It's at the burning bush, you know, and Moses is like, he, I mean, basically God has revealed himself to Moses and Moses and calls him to liberate the people of uh, of Israel. I mean, the, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people out of Egypt. But he has all kinds of like. Uh, like excuses, like don't send me, send somebody else. I can't talk. I can't do these things. Um, I don't know who you are. What's your name? So finally, um, God says, look, I'm sending your brother Aaron. And this is the first time we hear this word prophet, you know, one of the first times. And God says in front of Pharaoh, Moses, you will be like God in front of Pharaoh and your brother will be your prophet. And so you speak my words to Aaron. And Aaron will speak those words to Pharaoh and, you know, the, the people of Egypt. And there we see a glimpse of what it means to be a prophet. It basically means a, a mouthpiece, someone that speaks what they hear from God to, to the people. And it's nothing more than that, you know. So this individual can, they can feel the burden and hear what the Lord is saying for that moment, and they speak it. And so that's what it is, you know, and oftentimes we add all the other things that you mentioned, Bo, to it and people are standoffish. Sometimes, like in the book of Acts, like when the prophet tells all the scattered churches that there's a famine that's about to hit Jerusalem, uh, that is something that is happening in the future. But that's not only what it is. Sometimes it's just a truthful thing that the church or, uh, 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 church needs to hear, or a word of correction that the word needs to hear. Uh, the, the church needs to hear, which is not foretelling, but it is forthtelling. It is what we need right now. But we don't know. God God might choose to share something like that. But really, the role of the prophet is just to be the mouthpiece. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And, and just to remind our listeners, too, we have hundreds of articles at releasetheape.com. Some great prophetic leaders have written on this. You can literally go on our website and hit the prophetic tab and, and read a ton there. And this, this podcast form is just more of a fresh uh, way for us to be talking about things, especially in 2021. So if you're still like, okay, well, like, what exactly do you mean? Go read your heart out um, on there. I guess, mm -hmm. Linton, what I would kick it back to you with is just let's dive into this a little more, like being uh, forth telling or truth telling. And, and we even see um, in the New Testament, the, the prophetic language that Paul is getting at too is, is like, speak the words of God, like communicate God's heart, God's truth, God's desire for justice, um, to the church, um, to the people of God, bring them back to the people of God, the prophets speak truth so that they re the people return back to God's, uh, mm. law, to his moral way, to holiness. Um, mm -hmm. that's what prophets do. They're like, Hey, your way out there come back in here. It's like when my kid starts being crazy in the grocery store and you grab up their collar and you're like, get back in line right now and <laughs> stop acting like you're seven. Oh wait, you are seven. Um, I feel like the prophet is like that, that person, the church that's like, you're getting off. Like 
you're being nutty. You're, 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 you're missing God's heart. Like come back, come back, come back, come back. And in the same way, my kids are annoyed every time I'm correcting them back into a lot, the line of maturity. I think the prophetic leader is often annoying to uh, the church <laughs> is often uh, not liked very much uh, because they're constantly showing us how we're wrong or how we're off. But right. hopefully, be, so so that we learn what's on, you know, and what's right. on track. So I guess kicking it back to you, do you even like that metaphor? We certainly didn't talk about that uh, before hitting record. Does that land on you? And then, <laughs> well, that that's, that's helpful to know because you know I, I'm usually thinking I'm a disgruntled parent, but now I can be I'm being a prophet. You're in the a prophetic store. parent. Um, <laughs> I'm a prophetic. Parent. <laughs> so yeah, do you like that uh, metaphor? And then my, yeah. my question that follows that secondly, real quick is if, you, if, if we are a truth teller or we are a, you know, redirector um, to God's ways, like what's the difference between the prophetic leader or the prophetic calling and then just the everyday Christian that should be speaking God's truth or speaking God's word or speaking against injustice? Like we all should do that. I, I hear our listeners saying we all should do that. So what do you mean? Am mm-hmm. I a prophet? That's good. Okay. So yeah, to take the analogy of the parent, you know, scolding the kid to come back. I do think that's one reason people don't like being prophets or people uh, uh, shy away from the role uh, because they're not well liked, but all throughout scripture, like in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you know, the, 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 the major prophets, they actually have other moments too, where they look to the marginal, they look to the suffering and the downtrodden and they remind them, you know, like, you know, you know, of the love of God, of the coming day of the Lord, of hope, you know, so there are moments that prophets not only uh, scold and correct, which they do a lot of that, I I will agree. But there are also these other moments that just a reminder that you're not alone, you know, like, you know, don't don't be weary, don't faint, continue, you know, forward, because uh, the Lord is near or um, he has everlasting love towards you he his compassion is great his anger won't last you your lifetime you know so these moments of those are also truth-telling moments that are not angry and not scolding but they are still forth telling and i think sometimes as prophets we need to remember that 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 whatever it is god is saying in that moment is what your role is to speak forward right um so, um, so yeah, so the, the, the feelings associated with the words of the prophet might lean towards correction, but sometimes they might lead to a reminder, a reflection, uh, a sense of affirmation, right? But to your next question is, well, <laughs> I mean, if we're all believers and we all have the spirit of God, you know, animating us and working within us, why don't we, aren't we all prophets? And I, I like that question because, in some ways, like, shouldn't we all be evangelists? Yes. You know, and should we all be willing to hear from God and obey God? Yes. You know, that's what it means to be a disciple. But just like we talked about the evangelist having uh, some natural tendencies or having uh, an anointing, if I can use that word, an empowering a gift set, um, there's also the evangelist has like a, a overwhelming burden and energy around it. The same thing happens with the prophet. Like, uh, she or he can feel a burden that the rest of us cannot feel. Like a uh, quick story. I remember being in an intervarsity staff director meeting 
And one of my own friends, uh, she just felt a burden from this. It felt like fire inside of her. Like it was almost like she had to speak it. She felt the Lord saying something and she had to speak it. I did not sense that, you know, and I'm so grateful for her because when she stood and just spoke a few phrases, it just unlocked our hearts. You know, it, it really helped us get through a situation that a lot of directors in university were not agreeing with. And it created an atmosphere for us to acknowledge the presence of God in that room. And so what did she do? She had a gift that she could be a little more sensitive or more acclimated and have the gift sets around speaking that out more than I did. So I I would say there are some that have a a stronger predisposition towards the role of the prophet. Does that make sense? What do you think? Yeah, it makes sense. I think we need to keep defining it a little bit more for people that are listening. Like with the, the apostle, we really were able to identify or uh, located in the burden for expansion or for new communities, right? Or um, the evangelist has this burden or unique desire to reach people that don't know Jesus and connect with them. So the prophetic's unique burden, um, you know, what would we say? Would we say it's for holiness? Like I want people to be right with God. Like they're they're just bothered mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. people aren't in line with God. Um, would we say, um, I mean, that's what I would probably say where I would locate it. And when you, Mm -hmm. when you put it with being forthcoming or being a truth teller, there's a unique burden for the prophetic leader, the prophetically called as Ephesians would would say, like Mm -hmm. the prophet to go, this is not God's way. Like this Mm -hmm. is not holy. This is not just, and they can't stand it. Uh, personally mm-hmm. there's there. So there's a, there's a high need for an integrity in that person because mm-hmm. they are super bothered, but they're also calling that out, um, in believers in the church. Mm-hmm. So I think, yes, the everyday believer should speak those things and be able to identify them, but the prophetic leader is going to see it more regularly, more clearly, probably be louder about it, more burdened by it. And they're going to be that person on your team, ministry team, or in your church or in culture going, (laughs) that is not right. What's happening over there with those people. That's not, that's not right. What's happening in the margins. That's not right. What's happening in the life of our leadership or believers. That's not moral. That's not integrous. Um, That's not what God would really be wanting us to do. That's not what I think God is saying. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, will you just be quiet and let us go forward? If you're finding yourself feeling that towards certain people, as annoyed as you are towards them, if they happen to be right most of the time, they're probably a prophetic leader that is super keyed in to the rightness of God, the holiness of God, the justice of God, the direction of God, and you're just not as much. And they're reminding you of that. And you're just frustrated because they're showing you where you're just pointed a little bit off. So yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the word that you might be reaching for here and we're, ta- we're dancing around it is righteousness. Mm. You know, the prophet cares about righteousness. And what that means, and there might be different ways people look at it, but it's when something is upside down, you, you put it r- upright, you put it right back. And that's what righteousness does. So if it's a love, if it's an idolatry, it's a love pointed in the right direction, the prophet longs to be it to be pointed 
the right way. You know, if it is a system pointed towards subjugation of people or hurting people, the prophet is like, no, 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 let's turn this system right, you know, start back upright again. And so I would say there and they they just get it more. They can sense the righteousness of God and all the unrighteousness around them. And 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 they're calling people to let's point everything back right up again, you know, in, in the right direction. So whether it's our own individual loves, there are they are they in the right direction? Are we also um, uh, our, our receptors? Are they pointed towards the opinions of man? Is it pointed to a certain camp or an agenda? The 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 uh, prophet will be like, no no no, don't don't receive love from them, and he'll point and she or he will help us point it to God. Receive. God's love from you and, and point that towards right. So not just what are we loving, but where are we receiving our love individually? The, the prophet helps with that. But that also is working systemically. Are you putting all your focus and trust in money uh, from this system? Are you looking for uh, what have you, you know, pride from this system that's helping you, keeping you propped up in the way that you feel comfortable and the right and the prophet runs around and says, no, this is all unrighteous. You know, it's at the expense of others. Let's flip this around and turn it the right way to where it leads to the flourishing of others, not the subjugation of others. Uh, so let our let our love towards our fellow man be made righteous. So I would say there's a real call to righteous. I mean, the evangelist is just trying to get the gospel message out. Right. It's like liberation. Like, you know, I want you to move from uh, darkness into light, you know, and then when in the light, the prophet says, can you stay in the light? Can you continue to be righteous? Right. And the apostles like, let's get communities of, of, of light, light in there. And then the prophet comes in because this community is, is headed in the wrong direction. Let me get the community back on track or this community is receiving love from the wrong place. Let me get it in the back spot. So you see how it all kind of uh, fits together. And when the apostle and the evangelist Hear the call to righteousness. At first, they may push it back because they are on to big things, things that are moving quickly. Apostles are moving fast. Evangelists are getting to new places and sharing the gospel. They're moving fast. They might see the role of the prophets slowing them down. But at the end of the day, hearing that call of righteousness should reinvigorate the apostle and the evangelist to do what is right in the in the eyes of God. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's what good, man. I, and I think at a future date, we definitely need to do an episode or two on how those roles work together. Like work together. Um, yeah, that would be sure. really cool. Because the, the prophetic leader is going to be more concerned with the righteousness or the holiness of the, the people, um, where the evangelists and the apostle are going to be more concerned with the going of the people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's probably a little too general or flippant to say it, but the energies are, you know, going out versus getting right and getting so right. There's a tug, there's a tug there, yeah. a pull and a push. Um, yeah, I love that. That's good. I think let's talk for a minute about, okay, what do these people look like then? I mean, <laughs> what do prophetic leaders look like? What are maybe some of the bad raps they get? Um, maybe some of the fair raps they get and, and, and what, what do we want to see, I guess, a little bit out of, out of a prophetic leader. So maybe I would say it this way. If you're listening to this and you're wondering, okay, 
what are prophetic leaders look like so I can identify them. First of all, there's a great article on that um, in, in the releaseape.com. Um, how would I identify them and make space? The other group of you might be prophetic leaders. And I think we want to give you a word um, of encouragement, one, but also correction of, of saying, hey, make sure you're embodying all of the spirit of the, the prophetic. So to say a couple words on that, I think prophetic leaders, um, the word mystical is good. And I am reminded of a few articles on our website. Brian Sanders brings one of these out. Prophetic leaders do tend when they are fully embodying their calling. I think they become more mystical, more um, baked in the presence of God, so to speak. They're spending more time with God outside the community, trying to hear Him, understand Him. They don't always beat to the same rhythm of everyone mm-hmm. else. They're a little bit off the path. I don't mean that in a negative way, but to draw back to John the Baptist, whoever it's like, he's out there, she's out there. What's going on with that person? They, they just seem to be in a little different space. But part of that is they're hearing from God. They're they're anchoring themselves in God. They're they're evaluating um, how how to be right with God, how to be pursuing the things of God. And and oftentimes they're just not caught up in the same vein or swath that the majority of the church is in. That's so right. yeah. you might recognize some a prophetic leader because they're just a little out there. Um, even physically, uh, they might seem a little distant or, or less connected. I, I've noticed that in people. I think an, another thing we've already mentioned it is just a real concern with holiness, justice, righteousness, the similar words, but different also in their own right. They're just constantly talking about it, praying about it, maybe sitting you down and saying, gosh, I'm bothered by this. Oh, you, you need to say to yourself as a leader, man, this might be a, a prophetic leader, a prophetic mm-hmm, calling, mm-hmm. Uh, a prophetic person. And even if it's annoying at first, you got to learn how to steward that and give them the freedom to operate in that burden. Um, mm-hmm. The other, the other one is it, I would just say is that person you might identify them. They're constantly calling you to the margins mm-hmm, So mm-hmm. your church may not be fully concerned with systematic injustices and they are, and they're calling you to it. That's a prophetic lean that they might be very concerned with the homeless. I mean, that's been a a classic one over the last, you know, at least for my Christian life, 20 years, like, let's go serve the homeless. Let's go serve the poor. Prophetic leaders tend to lead us to connection Mm -hmm. and concern for, for them. Um, It it may be um, the, the racial um, trauma Mm -hmm. and the racial realities uh, that are in our Mm -hmm. country, in our world. They're, they're speaking into it. They're, they're concerned about it. They're looking at the systems of the church and the empowerment or unempowerment mm-hmm. of every kind of person. And you want to just say, gosh, can't we just be colorblind or can't we just see everyone for, for being God's child or, you know, and they're like, no, we can't because right. that's not how God's, that's probably a prophetic leader. And mm-hmm. so we can be annoyed. We can marginalize them further, or we can say, gosh, this person has something to say about the rightness of God. We need to listen. We need to make space. We need to figure it out. Um, what do I do with this person that maybe isn't wired or, or, or um, burdened the same way that I am? So what do you think? Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, again, I think that's why either a prophets are not well liked or people disregard their prophetic calling right so i think 
there are two things that happened in say 2021 to a prophet. I think one is they feel the burden, but they, they can't say anything. Like mm-hmm. they don't, they, they, they feel like I, I don't, I, I can't get involved in all of this, but they're really hearing God. Like they're mm-hmm. hearing God speak about some situations in your neighborhood, maybe something in your church, maybe it's in your family life, you know, maybe it's at society at large, but because of the climate that we're in, some prophets say nothing. It's too costly. It's too costly. Right. And then the others um, may be wired in a way where uh, they they just have a personality that already rubs people the wrong way. And so they're kind of getting out there and they're speaking and they're speaking and they're speaking and they're speaking. And, you know, they might be building a following around their messaging. Right. But the difficult thing about 2021 is uh, a combative uh, posture is actually very popular, too. So if you want to like just be angry all the time and you want to, uh, you know, make everyone look like the enemy, you know, like, you know how what they say, the be- best way to try to build unity is to make an enemy. And then you can all get around behind someone and get and get be all all unified because you all have the same enemy. And that uh, I would say that also cultural kind of moment that we're in we think is also prophetic, but oftentimes just because you're angry, just because you have a following, just because you're relevant, just because you use all the hashtags, just because uh, you're a herd doesn't mean you're prophetic. Mm. And so you see how there's a weird thing that happens here. It calls people that have a certain personality into our cultural moment and labels them prophetic, but they're not. And then there are those who are actually do feel God's burden that they're supposed to speak in a moment, but because of the climate we're in, they don't speak. And so we don't have them either. So now we have people who are so-called prophets, but are not prophetic. And we have those that are really prophetic, maybe being silenced. And so we've got a weird cultural moment right now that I think makes it hard to A, be a prophet and uh, A, be a prophet and B, actually be one. Does that make sense? Yeah, so let's slow down and dive into that for a minute because okay. you said a lot. <laughs> okay. um, and look, we don't talk about all these things just to remind the audience we're talking it out right now. Um, please yeah. leave us comments, send us emails, add to the conversation. You said um, these so-called prophets that actually aren't. Um, mm-hmm. And you said just because you're, you're angry, just because you have a platform, just because you're heard, um, just because you use the hashtags, you said a lot of different things. You're not what makes someone that person not prophetic? Like let's say Mm. they are speaking out angrily about an injustice or they are rallying people around a common enemy, whichever one of those enemies are in our culture today, there's a handful. Um, Why would you say they're not prophetic or what would make them prophetic? That's a good question. Yeah. And you know, I I know that I'm probably taking a risk here. So I ask that our community sharpen us. Like, so speak back to us in the comments and be like, yo, Linton, you're so wrong about that. But here's what I've noticed uh, scripturally where, where I think, I think scripturally when I, when I see the motif of a prophet is oftentimes they don't like what they have to say, right? They're not building a platform on their message. They're just like, I don't want, like they're literally talking to God. Like I cannot say this, to them and God, it's like literally feels like 
a burden. That guy's like, no, you got to open your mouth and speak it. So I would say no one is trying to build a platform on their messaging. That's a, that's a profit. They're like, I don't want to say this, but I have to because God is saying it. The other thing is they have a true sorrow for the recipients of their message. I feel mm. like they're just like, I'm saying this to you because thus saith the Lord, but there's almost a call to be like, but, but, but it doesn't have to be this way, right? Like I, I, I want us to come back to God. There's almost a sorrow. Like they're, they're, they're full of sorrow. They can feel the message like in their bones, like, like how heavy it is, you know? Um, and then I would say the other thing is, um, though they may not be well-liked, the impact of the prophet's message, like leads people back to flourishing in God. So it means it might be the dismantling of a system, but it's also the flourishing of something new. It is the uh, activation of leaders in the community to move towards action. Like, I feel like there is a, and again, I'm going to get in trouble for this book, but there's, there is a thread throughout our current cultural moment that prophets tear things down. You burn it to the ground is what a prophet does. But what I'm seeing in scripture is, Sure, there is a sense of blowing away the chaff, but there's there's something else that they're expecting to grow, you know, and, and, and they cause leaders to move into those spaces to create the 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 righteous thing, the this the right system, the right living, the right affection, the right belief. They create a space for those gifts to be activated. And at the moment. I would say I don't necessarily see those things. I see people building their brand on their message. Like they almost, they love their own message. It's, mm. and it's not like it's sorrow. It's almost like, man, I'm really glad I get to yell at these people, you know, and, and I've got an enemy. I'm rallying people against the enemy. And it's not like, oh, I'm looking forward to like, like I'm looking forward to a hopeful future. It's like, man, this is all going to get burned down, you know? Mm. And I don't know, I, uh, again, people might, people might speak back against, I don't think that's a profit, you know, well, let me, let person. me cut in, let me cut in. Yeah. I, and thank you for what you're saying. I, I think it's super helpful. This, this is supposed to be provocative in, in conversation and thinking and, in for all of our teams and all of our relationships, um, they are a profit. Um, I, I would probably jump in and, and add on. They are a profit. It's a secular profit. Um, oh, sure. Sure. Right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, they are a mouthpiece. They are a mouthpiece. They're being prophetic in those moments. Uh, but I think what you're helping us key into is a biblical prophet hmm. is one that is longing for the people that are the object of their message to repent, to reconcile, to hmm. flourish is what you're saying. The object of a biblical prophet is not just anger. Um, hmm. It's not condemnation. It's not abolishment. It's mm -hmm. not to, to have someone stay as the other um, in the worst cases, right? I'm not talking to you. I'm not trying to get with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, to be friends with you. Like you're my enemy, as you said. That's not a biblical prophet. A biblical prophet will say the hard word that could create enemies, that could burn the whole thing down. But if those people are willing to turn, if those people are willing to come back to God, there is full embrace. There is full love. There, there, the prophetic is anticipating, is full of sorrow, is hoping, please come back. Like, 
there's a giant love that's underneath the surface of that anger, of that agitation, of that word that God's calling them to say. And even when we look at some of the prophets of old um, in the church or, or some of the authors that I know you and I have, have talked about in Red Thurman being one of them, there's mm. this sense of, I want my brothers and sisters of the opposite race uh, to, to turn and to come back or to drop the supremacy or to drop their racism. And I want to see reconciliation. Any prophet that has no concern for reconciliation, that has no concern for love, that has no concern for unity or relationship, they are not a biblical prophet. Um, mm-hmm. they, they are a prophet, but they are one that is perpetrating uh, secular ideas of maybe being angry, of being right, of winning, mm-hmm. of gaining their own power. And I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not speaking or critiquing at all that what they're, they're advocating for is wrong or the reasons they're upset are wrong. They, they might be 100% right. But if the end goal isn't reconciliation, the turning of people back to God, the, the unity of people coming together across differences, of actually laying down life and surrendering for the hope of someone else's betterment. That's not a biblical prophet. That's an angry person perpetrating an agenda out of hurt um, or out of concern. But the end goal is not where God would hope for, for things to land. Now I'm in trouble yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, it, it's tricky, Bo, because there is, yeah, what we, what we need to be careful of, especially because we, we don't carry the gift, is that we, we ourselves are, like, the reason why some prophets, you know, and I would say biblical ones, don't like the word reconciliation because of what it has turned into. Totally. It, is basic, it is basically turned into reconciliation means kumbaya, still your way, right? Whoever's in power. We will do, we, we, we kind of act like we know what's going on. We, we try to make some amends. We sing Kumbaya again. But again, the person who was in power still stayed in power and nothing has changed. That version of reconciliation, I think, is what prophets have an issue with, right? And so I think and hopefully we, be, we do too. All of us do. Right, right, exactly. And we, we have to be careful. Um, we have to be careful about some of the words and, and, and understand where people are coming from. And let me just say this, division, especially political division, fight against empire, all of that, that is not new to the 21st century, right? I mean, like Jesus, when walking the streets of Jerusalem, is subjugated by Rome, right? And on his own team, he will take Simon the Zealot. I mean, this guy is ready for revolution at the drop of a hat. Like, Jesus, if you're ready we will get an army here and we will, we will burn it down. Right. And then Jesus turns and he sees Matthew, the tax collector. I mean, this dude works for Rome. I mean, he's literally collecting taxes for Caesar and for Rome. And everybody hates this guy because he's uh, working for the oppressor. Right. And Jesus in his prophetic role puts both on his team. And he says, and, and there's something in, in the, his message, which is, not the kingdom of Jerusalem and is not the kingdom of Rome. He is talking about a kingdom of God that is near to you. The kingdom of the heavens is here. And that takes 
Simon the Zealot and takes all his activism and points it towards the kingdom of the heavens. It takes Matthew with his understanding of, oh, I was I was just trying to do what's right, I guess. And I'm trying to make a living. And I didn't realize that I was propping up the oppressor. I'm coming now to support and bring all my talents to the kingdom of the heavens. And it takes these two people who are supposed to be in totally different camps and brings them together, you know, and I think, and and what Jesus is doing is subverting the kingdoms of this world with the kingdom of the heavens, but it is not replacing one empire for another empire, right? Because oftentimes people who are angry online, they're angry at empire. They're angry at white supremacy, but deep down inside, what they're hoping for is another kind of supremacy where they're on top, right? That's not what a prophet does. The prophet says God is on top. God, God's rule, God's flourishing kingdom that allows all of us to come to the table together as brothers and sisters, that kingdom. And so what that means, and here's the hard thing to believe, is that means is that the oppressor and the oppressed will both experience the lavish love of God right? The, the, the center and the margin will now experience the lavish love of God as they sit and eat together. It's not flipping it over again to say, now I'm in charge and I will subjugate you, right? And that's when a prophet hurts and he longs for repentance, even from the oppressor and the oppressed, you can see in their heart, they're hoping that both will experience the lavish love of God, the leadership of Jesus, the prophetic, like I'm a part of another kingdom. And I think maybe there, therein lies some kind of reconciliation, some kind of new kingdom that we are a part of that I think the prophet can help us see. Uh, not, not some other kingdom or some other agenda or some other camp down here, um, which is just more and more empire building, right? So yeah. I don't know. No, it, I mean, it's good, man. I, I think... The 2021 uh, reality, uh, the culture that we're in right now, and I, right, I always like these episodes to say, hey, what does this look like right now? Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and, and you're prophetically wired, um, you need to be careful of anger taking over your life. Anger is a useful tool for the prophetic call. It, it can actually be a gift from God, but if anger is the end goal or anger starts uh, monopolizing you, that's a sign. Uh, I think that you, you need to come back and grow with what Linson is talking about with that sorrow or that hope, or, or maybe another way to say this, how, how much time are you longing for the people or the systems that you're, you're fighting or speaking against? Uh, how much time are you longing for those to, to return or to be different? Uh, versus just being filled with anger. I think that's a constant tension to have to wrestle with. And some of the prophetic leaders that I know in my life, they're, they're always constantly having to do the hard inner work of like, I don't want anger to rule me, mm. even if anger is going to be a tool in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other yeah. question to ask yeah. is, if there's ever a point where you're able to say, you're, you're, you're saying, I, I, I can never be, with those people or in that Mm. group or in that setting. And I'm not talking about because of real hurt or fear or harm. I mean, there's plenty of biblical times when there were people fleeing because they needed to, but if we ever find ourselves in a position where, where we're othering people, like 
those people and we find our heart saying like, oh, I just can't be with those types of people because this is how they are. That's also dangerous. I think mm-hmm. the prophet would speak to those people and speak to those systems with incredible love, anger, desire, sorrow. But if people start turning, they also are able to say, thank you. Like, let's get back. Let's get back together. I'm concerned when I see some of the things that are happening in our culture where there's just a real lack of desire to want to connect or to want to unify um, even when progress is made because the, the anger or the otherness has just become so strong. It's like mm-hmm. they can't unify. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening to this, I would just say, be very careful of that. There are prophetic spirits that will lead you to a, a place of more anger, isolation, and loneliness that aren't necessarily what God would be, would be calling you to. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying there's not a lot to fight for inside, but just think about that and and talk Mm. with your friends about it. Even if you're disagreeing with me and Mm. I I would say too, and then I'll give you the final word, Linson, to those of you that listening to this, um, especially if you are a man, especially if you are a white man, um, if you are in a position of power um, in leadership in your church, think carefully about how you're making space for prophetic leaders, how you're making space for marginal uh, marginalized voices, marginalized issues, things that maybe aren't, haven't been comfortable to your church or your leadership. Are there any voices speaking about those things? Are you making any uh, changes to the way you've been doing business as usual? Are those conversations happening? If there is silence or invisibility to these things, then you have a problem. That means your profits are silent. Mm. Um, That doesn't mean you have to listen to everything the prophet's saying or doing they're saying, but if you're not having conversations right now that are heated about the racial realities, about marginalized people and places, about the political climate, about uh, the virus and how to navigate, if, if how to care for communities. Well, if those aren't happening and there isn't tension, your profits are probably silence or you're not listening. That's dangerous. And you better start praying that those things surface, no matter how much tension and conflict it brings. Cause that's very good for where your church and the mission of God wants to go through the vehicle of your movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Bo. And I appreciate you saying that too, because it would be, it was one of those things that often goes to the person of color to say, and I appreciate in that way, you being prophetic. Um, what I might say to those of us that are in the margin and calling out for, for righteous living, uh, I love what Bo said. The same words that come out of our mouth as prophetic, those words also have to resonate with integrity in our own hearts. If we are calling people to love, if we're calling people to make things right, those words have a boomerang effect, you know, they come right back at us to make things right in our own lives, make things, make, make sure that we're loving and, 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 and our, we have a righteousness in our heart. Um, and so I would say a healthy prophet is probably one that hears from God and in their prayer closet, in their quiet time, wrestling with the sorrow and the burden of that message finding themselves full of integrity, relying on that message and aligning their life with it. And what happens when you speak like that? You know, sure, you may not be well-liked, but you will influence because there's something about your life and that message all coming out of the same 
place, you know, like I'm going to do my best to live up to this word as well. And it's much like uh, Ezekiel. <laughs> God tells Ezekiel, I want you to lay on your side for like, I think it was like uh, 70 days, you know, on this side for 70 days. And then he gets up from laying on his side for 70 days. And what happens? He feels it in his body, the actual message of exile for 70 years. He feels in his body as 70 days. It's in his bones. It's in, the, it's in his joints. It's in his muscles. And as he preaches it, he himself has come under the authority of the word that he said. So even though we may not see all the right happen in the world that we want, one thing that we can assure ourselves that we're not falling into the idolatry of being a prophet or falling into the very same anger that we're seeing and division we're seeing is to ensure that the words that God has been putting in our hearts, we align ourselves to that and, and we speak it because um, the words that we speak to others are also the same words that God wants for us to live by as well. So I think, I think that'll do it. What do you think, Bo? I think we're done. Um, <laughs> as always, we could speak a lot on these. We're going to get some guests in here coming up soon. Can't wait for you to meet some of our favorite prophetic friends as well as apostolic and evangelistic so thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe, uh, share this, like it, um, help us continue to, to get the word out so we can help any A, P, or E feel encouraged, feel activated, feel supported, um, feel challenged, um, mm -hmm. feel mentored. So with yeah. that, see you next time. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Love you guys.